0: Your presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck. Alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, are you ready to slash... You know it. You can see by this beautiful background I have right now. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm trying to sell. I'm in the middle of a uh, move out of a house to a uh, uh, back to Toronto into a condo. So things are a little hectic right now. Uh I don't even know if this will work properly. I'm recording on my ten year old uh MacBook. I have, you know,
1: so Welcome to my uh, world, man. Yeah. Welcome to my world. On on my end, you do look quite pixelated right now. We'll but see. I'm hoping that's only on my end, which is also, you know, I'm I mean you look like laptop. shit on my end too. So like Great. I, I think when fantastic. I fantastic.
0: I think when I try to put this together on this ancient MacBook Pro, uh We'll see if it all comes together, but the audio should work, so hello everyone. Today we are reviewing David Gordon Green's Halloween Kills, the sequel to his 2018 Legacy Sequel slash, not even a reboot, but Legacy Sequel. Um, It is now playing in theaters. We're a little bit late on this review, Uh, again, because I'm moving, it's a little uh, hard for me to, uh, I've already packed up my computer and all that stuff, so it's just been hard to find a time where I can... Uh, stop packing and sit down for a little while and talk to Eric about this movie Um, because it's been out for the whole weekend. And I think most people who have wanted to see it has seen it. It did really well. It did 50 plus million. It's on Peacock in the U.S. Uh, I think Eric and I uh, will do a, a spoiler free thoughts at the beginning, but then because we're a little bit late with this and people have had a chance to see it, I think we should just go full spoilers for the rest of the review after that. Um, So maybe a couple minutes on uh, spoiler free, Eric, and then we'll kind of get into like just our complete thoughts with
1: spoilers. Uh, But Eric, how are you doing? Well, Matt, I found out that my next door neighbor is both an anti-vaxxer and a uh, party member of the nationalist uh, group. Uh, (laughs) which is great great stuff and so at least um, halloween
0: kills isn't the worst like news or thing you've uh uh, had in the last couple days then
1: no 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 and and i think like when you're looking at halloween kills from the perspective of the body of, of of work of Michael Myers. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Michael Myers, who apparently turned 64 today. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> as we're uh, recording that's, this. There we go. Congratulations, buddy. Um, it's still a better directed movie and sort of, constructed film than say you know uh like 85 4 other 5 and 6 <laughs> yeah. and the rob zombie films which there are people that really do love the rob zombie movies and you re uh re-watched the first uh rob zombie movies. and two last night <laughs> oh matt oh Ooh. most I mean, of you you'll have some two. perspective then with what i think is most interesting about halloween 2 the rick rosenthal uh film that was the follow-up to John Carpenter's movie from 78 and Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and now uh, David Gordon Green's Halloween Kills is each one of those movies prominently takes place at a hospital and what's even more fascinating about Halloween 2 and Halloween Kills is that Laurie Strode for the most part is sidelined as you follow other characters within the community or in Halloween Two, you follow a bunch of doctors and nurses getting picked off one by one. Um, this movie kind of its main focus or what it's trying to kind of convey is that it's Michael Myers versus all of Haddonfield and mm-hmm. it's one against all. And it's the idea that, you know, mob mentality is both a good and bad, bad thing it's kind of muddled in its messaging um but a lot of the uh legacy actors from the original film are back whether it's just in character name being played by somebody else you have people like uh anthony michael hall playing tommy doyle who was played by paul rudd in halloween uh six uh that which was his first film and paul rudd went by Paul Stephen Rudd uh, at that point. Um, and then you have characters that are played by actors that you'll have seen recently in things like Midnight Mass. So you have someone like Robert Longstreet uh, who plays sort of one of the uh, survivors of uh, that night, that fateful night in 1978. Um, or Charles uh, Cyphers, who was the original town sheriff uh, in in the 1978 John Carpenter version. So Kyle it's very
0: Richards much, is Lindsay who you got. Yeah, so it's, who's it's on real
1: housewives it, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so, you know, they're 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 picking all the greats, you know, in terms of uh who they're going lesbians, back to. Yeah. Um and and that's the thing with this. Michael Myers is obviously a very iconic character and Jamie Lee Curtis brought more to Laurie Strode than what was written on paper for being a final girl in 1978 and continuing with that character throughout the franchise. But a lot of these supporting roles that they're kind of referencing to, I mean, unless you are a diehard Halloween fan, you're probably not going to get much out of that. I mean, there's even a fun little sort of nod to Season of the Witch uh, Halloween 3 with the masks. But I mean, also, you know, Adam Wingard's The Guest did that in a a fun way in, in terms of bringing those masks back um i found it to be not only disappointing but a little bit frustrating with how solid uh of an adaptation or or sort of yeah a legacy sequel halloween was in 2018 and then following it up with a movie that is more filler than killer and kind of feels more like a friday the 13th movie than it does a halloween film
0: Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I think it's one of the bigger disappointments of the year because um, I think that 1978 film is iconic and classic, if not a little dated, but still charming because of that. Like, I still watch it almost every year, um, and John Carpenter's score, and I just love like the atmosphere in that movie. Like, while today it kind of seems like quaint and not very scary, um, but. Like, just the way that they use Michael in that movie of him just always being in the background or slightly out of focus or in the bushes or just, you know, slowly stalking Laurie and her friends in that first movie, I think, still has an atmosphere and a style to it that, you know, even though it's still – you can tell it's made in 1978, um, it's still, I think, iconic
1: and a great horror
0: movie. And then when you come to – Great cinematography
1: by Dean Cuddy, who would go on to work with – both Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis, obviously having shot Jurassic Park.
0: Yeah. And and so, and then you lead into 2018 and I think David Gordon Green and, and and Danny McBride uh, uh, collabing on the script as well. Like it just had, it was such a great, version of the legacy sequel where it kind of played with your expectations from that first movie added in some humor um brought in some of that kind of modern ultra violence and and gore and practical effects uh from some of the kills It, it like dealt with like trauma in a really interesting way and i just felt like it was like you said like a pseudo kind of remake slash legacy sequel where it kind of very much felt like that first film but then flipped it on its head in that final act and it was just like a lot of fun all the way through and then you just had like a banger john carpenter score and it's you know it had style and it had like an edge to it that felt like original but still familiar and then when you lead into this and i think we were all very excited because 2018 was such a pleasant surprise um that it's so straightforward and like you said just a base it kind of where 2018, I, don't, I hate using the word elevated, but felt like it kind of took what that original slasher kind of concept was and, and still did something unique and and original and fun with it. Where this feels like it's going back. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it and that and I think a lot of people will like it still because it ends up just being kind of, you know, what you would expect a basic you know, Halloween or slasher movie to be. Like, a lot of gory
1: kills. Like, really, really gory, brutal kills. Um, But they're not effective because there's so many of them. And to the point where, like, there's a couple of moments of, of direction that I think are interesting when uh michael escapes uh laurie strode's compound after you know the fire and with the pov um, shots of the firemen and stuff like yeah that. And, and 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 well i i think that's interesting and i and i think kind of the first kill with that one couple that are playing with the uh, remote control drone yeah. um i think is, well like let's also,
0: save some of that stuff for the spoiler talk right um, but, but, but I, I don't
1: think that necessarily kind of falls into spoiler it I doesn't think that, but i don't want to give away like exact details of
0: the kills and stuff like i'd rather hold that for spoilers does that make Sense,
1: yeah, I guess, but I mean, it's been in the trailers as well, I where guess, like but... I feel like that first kill, like outside of like even the fire, oh, sure, fire, yeah, fire, know the that. first responders. But I and have some details couple... about that
0: first couple that I want to talk about too. That I Okay, yeah,
1: because with that though, I just wanted to say that I, I think like there's a couple pieces of direction in terms of how certain angles are framed that I think yeah. are more interesting than say agree. A, a slasher movie that was released in, you know, subsequently in the late seventies into totally, the eighties. Yeah. But this as a whole is basically just a generic slasher movie. And, and when and that, you get to sort of the Laurie Strode stuff, which she's mostly sidelined and, and in a hospital bed, which you kind of uh, have
0: to do based on that first movie, if it takes place right yeah, after. Yeah.
1: But I mean, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Will Patton are the three best actors in this movie. And for a large portion of the film, the movie's relying. They're stuck in a
0: hospital room.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the movie's relying more on sort of the the legacy characters and the survivors from previous (laughs) films. Anthony Michael Hall is awful. And even though Paul Rudd was offered the role and has worked with David Gordon Green uh, before on Prince Avalanche. you, you think to yourself okay there's i i just couldn't see paul rudd in this as this version of tommy because the version i agree. Of Tommy i that think you'd have to change
0: it a little bit
1: was more of like this weird kind of outcast that was kind of into sort of the macabre and and sort of morbid nature of michael myers and was kind of into like occult sort of fetishism but wouldn't and stuff this be like a that? different
0: version of that character because it, it would
1: be because of because of the series kind of ignoring timeline. everything yeah. else but at the same time i still don't see him kind of playing that kind of conservative you know raw raw rally the troops and and i mean Tommy Doyle Evil dies tonight, Eric. His catchphrase is tonight. evil dies tonight, and the way that he delivers it. You know, mobs have always been a part of horror movies. I mean, the, the, sure. the first recollection of that is in in James Whale's um Frankenstein, where at the end of that movie you have this town I think coming this together is, is, yeah. and burning down the windmill that Frank that Frankenstein's monster's in. And so, like, that's not surprising. And it does say something, you know, in in the time that we're in right now where you know, people are sort of having this moment of uprising and sort of combating against police and stuff like that. But it just doesn't necessarily feel like the message is very clear with how it's betraying the mob. Because Mm -hmm. at one point you have like, okay, yeah, these, you know, maybe it's better to be or, or safer in numbers. But at the same time, just because you're in these sort of pockets of, of of groups walking around, you're still really not safe against this, you know, force of evil. And then on the other hand, it's saying that, like, you know, mob mentality can treat those that, um, you know, are different uh, as, as poorly as, as any one individual. And it gets to a point where it's like, OK, well, who do we blame for? certain scenes of violence that are thrusted upon those, um, that are mentally ill and not just Michael Myers. It's not, it's not sympathizing with Michael Myers in any way, but it is sympathizing with those, or at least it's trying to convey that, you know, people that, um, have been diagnosed with depression or schizophrenia or any type of mental illness can be are vulnerable yeah. to these mobs, to these groups, because they're, they're, it's a pack mentality. They're not and thinking. I,
0: I agree with, yeah. I, and I think that there's some interesting stuff there. I just think the way that it's presented is so janky and so kind of, um, I don't know, one note uh, that it just doesn't work. And when you have, you know, the quality of actors that you have throughout the movie, and just when it comes from the, you know, bad dialogue to just moronic decisions throughout the entire movie, your suspension of disbelief can only go so far that this town would be doing this and these people would be acting in this way. And like, it, and it's so the mixed messaging of like, do they know about Michael Myers or did everyone forget about Michael Myers? But they and seem
1: some... to know because everybody knows the Michael Myers house. Like yeah. people still are but aware. Then in that like you, have a real, you have a gay realtor couple sure. living in this house and yeah, they tell the the younger kids that are kind of, Trying to play a trick on them. Yeah. But it seems like they can't sell this house because of what it's known for as a murder house. I
0: get that. But then at the bar in the beginning, it almost seems like Tommy's like talking about this story and people are like, oh my god, it's that guy, and like I didn't know about this event, or some people are. And like, I guess that's part of what the movie's also trying to do, of like, you know, building a legend or this evil that is like, is it just this guy who wants to go home, or did this town build it up of this guy who who killed three people, three four people that one night? And they built it into this thing, and then everyone's obsessed with him, and which is why he, you know, it, the more people that get involved, or what's he actually doing? Is he after Lori? Is he not? Is he just, you know, again, it's just Homie just wants to go
1: sit in his bed, his sister's bedroom, but like, it's it's a mirror's <laughs> it, reflection, Matt. He yeah. wants to stare back at himself, and, so. And let's get and My into dogs it. are barking right now which is actually yeah. it, it works because in that first Halloween movie you know when a dog barks it's indicating that michael myers is around
0: and that's a great point of that scene remember when he chokes out the dog in that first movie which is just so brutal and and just the way the dog's leg goes limp and limp and the way that it's shot is so stylish where i just feel like everything in this relies so heavily again on the the gory kills that but you become um, numb to it after a while like
1: there's a couple moments where it is comedic in terms of its execution of how sort of certain um scenes on the side of 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 you know these townsfolk these mobsters basically big john little john big john, well not not them more so more so like you know oh, the the, the, mob, the nurse the, and the, yeah. the the doctor and there's yeah, one sure. moment where it kind of does feel like it is going for again like an adam wingard kind of style of violence where it is comedic in terms of its execution and the payoff and it is kind of funny but again it, it's so grotesquely violent that you just aren't really interested in or can't really sum up the movie based on like one or two kills like no. it's the, the whole film you're watching it you're thinking to yourself okay we well we've seen how brutal it can get and it works quite well in that first movie and and i think with someone like david gordon green his crew. we i think we've talked about him before where like you know he starts as this indie filmmaker with george and,
0: washington yeah
1: George Washington and all the real girls and snow angels and things like that. And he kind of moves into the studio system doing comedy, but he brings stoner comedy. <laughs> yeah. He, with pineapple express and, and your highness and, and even the sitter, which I also think that there's a moment in this movie that is directly riffing on the sitter because in the sitter, you have Jonah Hill's character sitting down watching a movie and it's not like a movie that you'd expect it to be. It's the Dolph Lundgren, Brian Ben Ben movie, dark angel, or it's also known as I come in peace, which is about these two cops that are chasing after this alien that's sucking people's brains out and turns it into like a, a drug. And then in this, you have big John and little John watching uh, Minnie and uh, Moskowitz, the John uh, Cassavetes movie. So like, I feel like there is some of that kind of, david gordon green interjection there but it also sure. feels like he's a little bit kind of like tired with this and he even has said that there it was only supposed to be two movies and mm-hmm. you can kind of feel this like very they're much kind of yeah just they're, they're just literally kind of squeezing this movie out and it doesn't feel like it necessarily um needed to be a whole feature it this no it, it you doesn't taken it very much feels like part one of
0: something yeah right? like, you
1: could have taken the Haddonfield stuff which kind of kicks the movie off which is almost like in, in a way like if you're comparing it to a Bond movie like the cold open of a Bond film and use that in part one and then like had some of the 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 bigger reveals that I guess we'll be talking about soon In part one, and part three, which is coming out next year, which is called Halloween Ends, um, is supposed to have a time jump where it's supposed to get back on track and, and, and take place... In what's going on now, where I, I do think it is interesting again, where Halloween 2 kind of picks up right where the movie left off, the same thing is here, where it still takes place in 2018.
0: Yeah. And I even like some of the ideas where if that first
1: movie was about Lori's trauma and
0: how she's been thinking about it for 40 years and prepping for it and prepping her family for it and setting up this trap, like I like the idea of that Lori, because it happened to her specifically versus Haddonfield, who just has heard about it and has forgotten about it for the most
1: part. Um, well, other than the survivors, which- Other than the survivors, probably that consumed yes. their thoughts for but, that 40 years.
0: But the difference there being the unpreparedness of this group of people, of Haddonfield as a whole, versus Laurie's preparedness. And I think that juxtaposition is kind of interesting of how the events of this movie play out versus the events of that first movie. And even though, you know, we're talking about the sequel. She, Lori doesn't necessarily succeed. She, you think she succeeds in that first movie and it probably should
1: have just ended there. We probably didn't need these sequels, but like, no, but it um, is a Blumhouse production and even going past sort of, you know, criticizing Blumhouse for making needless sequels. It's your classic stance of a studio looking at a horror movie that's made for a certain 40 million, amount of whatever, but yeah. you know, yeah, and then it does really, really 20 well. Million maybe, yeah. So you want to capitalize on that, and so and I get
0: that, but then so I do like that juxtaposition of going, okay, Haddonfield is unprepared, and they're just emotion filled with emotion in this moment, and they, you know, homie grabs a fucking hockey stick, dude grabs a bat, like yeah, to old go after Huckleberry Michael, the, the to, bar bat. to go after Michael Myers, and you're like, what are these people thinking? So, like, I can kind of buy into that a little bit, but just the movie doesn't do a good enough job of balancing, you know, those story beats and the lore – and the kind of um, social commentary and stuff about mob mentality and and building up this person into this, you know, evil, um, that I just don't think that any of that works with the, you know, like you said, the comedic elements, the gory kills. It just doesn't come together. And it's, you know, there are times where you're kind of having fun during the movie or you're like, okay, it's still a Halloween movie. I'm here to see Michael Myers kill people. So like, and you do get that. So it's not like I hated my time watching. It's just it's a little disappointing when you're like, man, this could have been really, really, really good. And this could have been an interesting way to continue this over, you know, a trilogy. Um, And you just completely kind of whiff on the second movie by just focusing more on like the kills and then all that kind of other stuff doesn't necessarily work where the script feels kind of janky and then, you know, and things like that. So it ultimately just ends up being kind of a disappointment, but not like unwatchable. Like I'd still, I'm still probably going to watch this movie quite a bit because I'll end up watching the 2018 movie and I'll go, well, I might as well throw on Halloween kills because it takes place right after and just watch
1: it. Um, so well, I don't it's, know. A, like, it's the same thing with the the, the original films. Like, yeah. I really like Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, and that's what the this franchise same. was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an anthology series after that first Halloween, but Michael Myers was such a, an iconic character, and 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 so they decided, okay, let's do part two and, and sort of have more with that character, but then part three will kind of introduce the idea that now Halloween is an anthology series where you can, you know, have an invasion of the body snatcher style sort of script and sort of have that Title and and nowadays the, the the comparison to that would be something like you know what what Mike Flanagan is doing with a lot of his stuff or even uh, Ryan Murphy with the American Horror Story that that's kind of what Halloween was supposed to be uh, originally but going back to the point of rewatching these movies yeah I'll probably end up rewatching this at some point down the line I mean I recently ordered uh the Halloween 4K movies through Screen Factory oh I and- thought you weren't
0: going to do that. <laughs>
1: I you caved I caved (laughs) and and four and five which was the return of Michael Myers and and continued on with Michael Myers like those movies are not good. Uh, And The Curse of Michael Myers has two cuts. There's a producer's cut and there's a theatrical cut and neither one of them are great, but at least the producer's cut kind of fills in some of the blanks of why the theatrical cut doesn't work because it's so incoherent at times. But when I picked up uh, Halloween or when I ordered Halloween uh, one through five, because those those are the ones available on physical media through 4K through uh, Screen Factory, it's like I, I don't love a lot of these movies, but there is a nostalgic element to them. There is an easy watch element to them. Um, There is an interest and fascination of being like, okay, this movie came out at this point in the 1970s or 80s. So it's of its time. So it's kind of interesting looking at it as a time capsule to see kind of how the studio system looked at Michael Myers or the slasher genre in general. So there are reasons to revisit this movie down the line, but this isn't something like Dune where, um, you know, it Dune was still a major disappointment, but I'm willing to give Dune the benefit of the doubt when it comes to revisiting part one and looking at it how if if we get part two or a series and how it kind of all fits together where halloween kills even though it's part of a trilogy it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to add anything more to no. the legacy of There's the character
0: one, again and we'll
1: get into spoilers and then that way we
0: can kind of talk about it but um i do agree with you that it, it is a complete movie that's the thing like it's not like especially knowing that there's a time jump coming too it's like no this isn't just part one of two this is part two of two right and then we're getting a sequel to those movies so like as a culmination of that first movie it just ends up kind of being underwhelming a bit so it feels uh, like a footnote or an epilogue to the first yeah. film and, and which is it it, really quantum of solace a is a good comparison a little bit to me where maybe going back to it when i watch halloween 2018 and then watch this right after maybe i'll it'll soften the blow a little bit because there wasn't a couple years of anticipation i'm watching them as maybe one pretty long halloween movie instead of like Uh, two shorter ones and maybe I'll go okay you know it kind of works if you literally edit them together almost uh but we'll see I I don't know let's give a rating now Eric and then we'll go into spoiler talk so I'm gonna give it I almost am gonna give it a pass just because it's uh it's still a Halloween movie and you get kind of what the title says is Michael Myers uh kills a bunch it it says Um, what it does on the box Uh, I'm gonna give but I can't really give it a pass so I'm gonna give it a 2.5 out of 5 I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, that's which fair. is
1: still pretty high when you when you don't factor in um you know the Rob Zombie movies or most of the sequels because like again like Halloween H two O isn't a bad sort of reboot and that was kind of that was the first bringing back and of that's Jamie another Lee different
0: timeline right like right I, right
1: but Halloween Resurrection is god awful that's the one with Buster Rhymes and and, and it's Tyra like Banks a and the reality it's like show a reality
0: show I, I'm yeah. gonna go back and watch uh and watch all of them because um i just think it's interesting to see those like there's four different timelines technically because you have halloween one is in every timeline and then yeah. halloween two is in the original timeline that then goes halloween two 4, and it's 5, a direct follow up
1: to 78 uh yes. the 81 movie yeah
0: yeah and then you have the HT h2o timeline which is halloween one does two is two in continuity there or is it only one and then it goes to That's h2o and then resurrection yeah. and then, but the then third you also timeline have Hall- is the david gordon green one and right then the but then but then Hall- the Rob zombie one
1: but then you're also <laughs> missing that halloween 2 at the end of halloween 2 um loomis and michael myers supposedly die in the hospital when loomis um shoots like a like a can of um propane or something like that and it right. blows up and so then but then loomis two... comes back as well right Doesn't yes he? Like... so loomis and michael myers both have scarring on their face from the explosion and, and they give this four. whole yeah and number four and they give this whole speech that like oh they both survived the the blast in the hospital and so that sort of scarring is the continuity that connects right two to four five and six which is the the Loomis films because Donald Pleasance was in one through six and as was actually dying um uh, he had uh, yeah. heart problems and died yeah. shortly after the making of or during the making of six, six because they had to do yeah. some um ADR lines with another voice actor and had to kind of re-edit the ending of the movie because they couldn't get him and and Donald Pleasance was a guy um you know, British actor who, um, during world war two was a fighter pilot was shot down in enemy territory was a prisoner of war um was grateful for um having survived the ordeal and was always up to do whatever role that he was given and somebody asked him like you know do you get tired of doing the halloween movies and and donald pleasance's response was like no i i absolutely love doing them so i think if he were still around today he would have continued to make those movies and there's an interesting
0: Um, thing in this that we'll talk about in a yeah
1: yeah and and it's just like it's just interesting and then halloween part three season of the witch is, is in its, its own, own world although so there a is there is timeline there is a scene in season of the witch when tom atkins's character who's right. in a lot of john carpenter's movies including the fog is at a bar watching tv and on the tv is a tv spot for the first halloween film so that uh, yeah <laughs> it gets <laughs> really stuff. complicated yeah
0: um okay let's move into spoiler territory so if you haven't watched the movie yet please shut this off or just listen if you don't care um so eric let's start like we didn't talk about uh i didn't want to talk about the flashback stuff i guess that's where i wanted to start first because like i actually do really like some of the flashback stuff i just like the way that it's shot how it kind of feels like they really tried to imitate the look and feel of the 1978 Carpenter movie in those sequences. And I feel like it doesn't feel as out of place as when movies usually do this, where they try to like put scenes that you didn't see from a, from a movie from 40 years ago. And they try to shoot it today. And it just kind of looks off where I think you get a bit of that in this sequence, but you have Thomas Mann who comes in to play a young Hawkins, um, Sher- Sheriff Hawkins, and who's um, played by Will Patton in twenty eighteen in, in the present, and then so you kind of see the a direct aftermath of when after Michael falls out of, of Lori's, not Lori's house, it's his house, right? Or is it not yeah? The, or is it Lindsay's Well,
1: he's house he's kind of he's heading to his place, like yeah. that's the point. Like yeah. he's like yes. they, he they talk about he just killed yeah. the uh, uh, Annie and home. and yeah and he's heading home and so then that's yeah. when you're also introduced to the Doyle uh family and and I kept thinking of like O'Doyle from the, the <laughs> Doyle Billy Madison rules. universe as well um and and sort of uh you also get uh, uh Lonnie as well uh, uh Robert Longstreet's yeah. uh, character as, as a kid and I got a little bit confused with that as well because I was thinking oh are these the kids that were being babysitted babysitted by Lori, and 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 so I was because like Lonnie I thought was that character, but I'm not sure anymore I think
0: Lonnie was just referenced in the first movie. I think Yeah. Maybe? Well Ben Tramer
1: like, is as well, who yeah. is laurie's date, yeah. who gets killed yeah. by um uh Michael. Um and so like there are those references. And then to your point, I think David Gordon Green and Danny McBride put the most effort or thought into this sequence, but the it almost same, feels yeah. like it's something that came out of like it was a last minute thing where it was like, okay, well we, we, we have to have a third movie now because we're obligated. Like this whole movie feels like it's out of obligation. Like David Gordon green really is phoning this in. Like this is probably his worst. Well, movie I hope he's not with
0: yeah, I hope that is the case, but it's just to get to Halloween ends and that he really puts everything into Halloween. ends.
1: I, I do too. I do too. But I, I think we'll, and we'll talk about this a little bit more. I, I do think that, Even though I do like Jamie Lee Curtis, I I, I don't think that – the we talked a little bit about it in the review – I don't think that these characters are worthy of that much emotion and development in terms – it still is a slasher movie even though it is a cut above a lot of the other ones. It's like putting – you know more uh investment in you know Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th like you don't But I mean kind of like much. but I
0: kind of like that because you don't usually get that that's why I like the Laurie stuff
1: in 2018 But least. the Laurie stuff again yeah. I feel like Laurie is yeah. not a, an original character Laurie is basically defined by both Ellen Ripley and Sarah Connor in James Cameron movies. And it's funny to think about that because one of, one of Jamie Lee Curtis's best performances is in true lies. And so like, you're thinking to yourself, well, Laurie Strode really isn't like what, what defines Laurie Strode as a person. She survived the night that Michael Myers came home and and now she's become Ellen Ripley or, or, you know, Sarah Connor or the activity uh, spokesperson. And, um, (laughs) you know like like activia the activia yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. she's she's not she's not really the reason why you like her so much isn't necessarily the character it's the performance it's the actor jamie lee curtis brings more to the parts than than laurie strode is as a an iconic character i don't think laurie strode's necessarily an iconic character right it's, i think she's iconic because, an iconic yeah.
0: actor. And I think because 78 is such a iconic movie and, you know, I, I think, you know, being one of the original fi- – not the original, I guess, or one of the original Final Girls or when the Slasher movies started taking off, I think that's why. I guess it, it – Georgie, come on. Not on the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, I like those 78 sequences. Um, I think that uh, they fit actually really – really well and are are done really well. And I agree with you. It feels like uh, that's the stuff they put the most
1: thought into.
0: And I like Thomas Mann in those sequences. Well, Jim Um, Cummings,
1: as well as the other police officer officer, Um, is a character actor and a filmmaker as well who directed uh, both the short and the feature-length version of Thunder Road and then also uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And in both of those movies, he's playing uh, a somewhat uh, incompetent police officer who's on on the verge of a nervous breakdown. And here he's not on the verge of a nervous breakdown, but there is kind of a quality to him that feels like he's a little bit out of his league especially when he enters Michael Myers sister's room where it does play as like this comedic bit of like oh buddy like you are done you know like yeah. you're 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 finished and i am a kind of i'm a bit of a sucker for directors popping up in in like actual yeah. acting roles and it's going to yeah. be funny because next year uh luca guadagnino has a horror movie coming out with zen not zendaya i was going to say zendaya uh, uh taylor russell and uh, timothy uh chalamet called uh, bones and all which david gordon green has a supporting role in that oh really yeah, um so funny. i think that that's kind of interesting but again like i always like seeing directors in in like cameo roles in in movies and and he's good like he kind of has this kind of um, Bruce Campbell kind of quality to him in a slapsticky kind of way, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that sequence I think is the best. And and, and obviously recently online, um, there were photos of the actor playing uh, Donald Pleasant Jones because, Jr. <laughs> because it's not it's not de-aging it's not cgi in any way it's just it's a guy makeup, who's yeah. yeah and even though i think the performance is is more of an impression than it is sort of a a, a like a, a real sort of like yeah oh, this guy really captured who donald so Cousins it's two was. different people so the
0: backstory there it's uh loomis they, dubbed, is, they dubbed the voice yeah right? loomis yeah. is played by the film's art director tom jones jr um <laughs> and his and uh, it's voiced by Colin Mahan, who did the voice of Loomis voice in, in the, 2018. Yeah, so like he does uh, his recordings. voice, and you can the you could tell the dubbing kind of thing like that even though i don't know what this guy sounds like you could still kind of it almost sounded like they took you know recordings from the original movies and, and over and dubbed this guy but like i thought the makeup looked really good and it is a little like jarring at first because you see loomis in these sequences and you're like wow what did they do like was that makeup well your brain they, is yeah so your brain CG, is trained to is think like, that
1: it, it's the uncanny valley right especially in the last few years where we've yeah. seen you know actors be de-aged and then like even i think this looks about, better than than de-aging if you can do this just do this like well this is also the better version of uh uh, the midnight sky as well like this is the version of the. you need to find someone who looked like a younger george clooney or at least one and then dub him with exactly yeah it's um so i thought that stuff all really worked and i
0: i wanted more of that and um i actually kind of almost Uh, would, would have liked Gordon Green to just do a whole sequel movie that replaces Halloween two, but his version of Halloween two right after the events of 78, like, but try to match that style, I think would have been really cool, but we got a little bit of that in this. And I think it's, it's a little janky in the way that it's set up where you have to kind of retcon that, um, uh, the sheriff, uh, survives, um, from the but first you know movie? what, though, but in a movie
1: like, like this, where Michael Myers continually okay, gets killed gets in multiple ways, and... <laughs> how I dumb mean, he, is this whole? He time, got though? his head cut off in Halloween H two O, and then in Halloween and Resurrection, Resurrect. they were like, "Oh, it was another guy wearing a mask who they by accidentally captured." So it's <laughs> like, like it if, if you're if it's you're going so to have stupid. Michael Myers continually come back after being just destroyed in the previous, which is film, part of the fun of the, them. Which is I'm fine, more than okay way. with the suspension of disbelief that Will survive. not survived.
0: Uh, I I agree. There's some suspension of disbelief. I'm fine with Lori surviving, uh, patent surviving. Um, like there are some things the stuff that is jarring in this movie um, I think is how dumb everyone is which I know is a slasher kind of trope where you know is like oh but I just rewatched the scream movies and the scream movies do a great job of deconstructing those kind of horror tropes and things like I'll that. be right and, back yeah like all of that kind of stuff and with the town which that's Halloween like, is a huge it,
1: reference in that first yes, scream movie
0: yes so then to have a sequel which you're supposed to be smarter now right like which the scream movies also touch on as they go on where audiences are smarter you can't just give them the same horror tropes or or kind of have people go well it's a horror movie so everyone's going to be a moron no one's going to shoot him in the head or stab him in the head everyone's going to split off into small groups but then the movie is also trying to have a commentary on like mob mentality and coming together to fight this evil let's stay we're stronger in in a a group of people okay now everyone split off and go find michael it's like it doesn't make any sense like it's like oh let's all come together to split apart to do the Thing that we just send people off in groups to get killed. And I know that's ultimately what we want to kind of see. You know, you want to see Michael just brutally kill people. Um, but you also you can't just do that at the disservice of your audience of being like well everyone is a fucking moron like everyone is stupid in this movie whether it's like going into a house alone or splitting well that's the one that's the worst i think is robert
1: longstreet's character lonnie you know goes to the house with uh laurie's granddaughter and and, and his and his son who i mean that's another thing that they almost completely erase is that his son is kind of shitty (laughs) is a problematic character and now he's kind of redeeming himself but um, i i don't but when I, he when I, he yeah. tells those two characters when they're sitting in the car outside of michael myers place he's like they, you know they're like we're going in together and 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 lonnie is like no i gotta do this alone. immediately and then gets killed five <laughs> seconds later like he's he's gone and then they find his body kind of wedged in the uh, attic yeah. and you're just like
0: it's, everyone what is was the point so of that? stupid like
1: just everyone is so dumb in the movie and then that's but then the it kind of works you- i think a little bit with where like you have the nurse and doctor couple and the 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 doctor who's dressed as a nurse you know has this gun and is kind of you know that's a, great a little sequel, bit more exactly. trained and that's the scene that reminded me the most of like an adam wingard movie, yes, where yeah. like you know she's firing the gun but she's ultimately killed because you know it, it literally backfires on her when michael door, kicks a door, uh, door open and, and t- she shoots herself it's awesome i laughed my ass off I, yeah like, and that and, is like one of the better. it reminds me of the scene in grindhouse where uh, uh mary shelley's character uh mary yeah uh or, or is it uh Maria Shelley, Uh, the, the, the sheriff character in Grindhouse Planet Terror gives the gun to her kid and leaves her in the car or leaves him in the car. And as soon as she walks away, he shoots himself in the face. By accident, it's awful, by accident, but yeah. and it's off, but yeah. it's com- it's for comedic purposes. And th- and I think this was a brutal kill that
0: actually worked for that kind of uh, that fine line of brutality with comedy. And the rest of the movie, like some of it, is just nasty. Like you you mentioned the killing of the the elderly couple that are playing with the drone, um, and that's just brutal. And like with her jabbing the the, the bulb into the the neck and her slowly dying and watching him just stab knives, like testing knives into the the husband, right? Which I thought was actually kind of a
1: cool sequence well, how it's framed her. i think yeah. that that it like her watching her husband being slaughtered as she's slowly dying and it is interesting as well and no, nothing against like it you know the 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 fluorescent bulb thing yeah. was also recently done in uh simon barrett's uh seance there's a sequence yeah. that uh fluorescent bulb is jabbed into somebody's neck but in that movie it's kind of like turned all the yeah. way I've you've seen um, that
0: before it's pretty brutal yeah like, yeah
1: it is it is it's pretty nasty and and yeah and I think like that sequence kind of sets up that like Michael's on a warpath at this point where like yeah it's like him versus everybody else and and his sort because you never know his motivations you never know what he's actually and the movie thinking. touches on that but not
0: doesn't really go which I'm sure they'll go into in the next
1: movie but I just feel like it's all projection go... right like yes. it's the idea it's like okay well he wants to go home like that's what and he doesn't really saying.
0: care about Lori Lori his is just said he he wants me he wants me just because she was the one in his path in the first movie where I think it's it's really interesting that conversation um, with Will Patton um, where he's just like the the psychiatrist from the first movie which is the worst plot point in that movie they try to kind of give that a little bit more too. they go well he was the one that was obsessed with the story of you two and he was the one who brought Michael kind of back and Michael was just chilling at this uh, you know facility and he just wants to go home and he doesn't really like he might not even know who Lori is like he, he might not even care he's just like you're always in my way I just want to go chill in my sister's bedroom and everyone who gets in my way I will kill you and like yeah. I think that's interesting it just doesn't really go into that and I'm assuming that's what the next movie will go into a little bit and I don't know how they'll handle this time jump but then that war path ends up being the thing that just kind of feels repetitive and a little bit boring in the movie because he just goes house to house or person to person and people are coming to him and he just kills them and then again if you just left this guy alone he'd probably just walk home and like <laughs> but no yeah you guys, I think the only
1: people that are really truly in danger is in in terms of like, if you were to avoid Michael Myers, are are the the gay realtor couple like? I think they're the only ones that are in any sort of true danger because they're living in his house. Yeah, right? I mean like, he
0: does go house to house. Like he de- he could have just walked by these houses, but it's almost like he'll walk a straight path to his home. But if he sees you on the way there, he'll kill you. <laughs> but right. if you, d- which if he is also see a strange
1: you. thing as well, because like again, you're projecting a lot of what Michael Myers yeah. is is thinking, but you know, like there are some kids. He doesn't seem to sort of, he doesn't kill children. It doesn't look,
0: well, he kills some of the children. He kills the ones with the Halloween three masks. Right. And then like, right, right. But I mean, I would
1: say they're more though. I mean, like younger children like th- these Babies were like kind of like remember the for the good moment no. in the first one <laughs> right where like um, maybe like you you hit a certain age like 14 or 15 or maybe if you're just a horrible person like he can yeah. he has like this radar where it's like oh i can kill you yeah. um but yeah he only kills one of those kids um cause but he like he doesn't kill homie them. at the
0: beginning either right like the young right because he literally beginning.
1: bumps into him and yeah and just kind of keeps or disappears right afterwards. Well, I think that
0: goes back to when Michael was a kid and committed those first murders. Like, I feel like anyone around his age or younger, he kind of stays away from, but then anyone older than when he was a kid, he seems to be like, I I'll kill you. And like, I just, again, the movie doesn't go into these things or what Michael's thinking. And I don't necessarily think we kind of need that, but, um, it's just he yeah there's this war path he goes through he just kills everyone on the way i I think it's interesting when you get to that final um there's the moment in the hospital which i just don't think really works at all when it kind of gets out of control and they use the uh the patient that escapes from the bus in the first movie or the 2018 film uh and everyone thinks that he's michael which just makes no sense but i get when you get caught up in a mob that's why they're kind of trying to make a social commentary on that and they there's a nice moment between karen and this patient where she's trying to help him but then but even like, that
1: feels a little bit out of character for karen and the way that it it's it's both heavy-handed and also it, it's like okay you know the way that they kind of show the sequence of her kind of trying to hide him um it, it just kind of feels like karen isn't that kind of character like yeah. she wouldn't be the one to really help somebody like that like i, I feel it would almost be the granddaughter more than anybody I don't else. know i
0: saw some sympathy there in the first movie that you kind of get that like um you know she is a little jaded towards it all but i feel like um she just doesn't do a great job at it she just no. <laughs> locks this guy in this hallway and you're like I, I don't know if that was the greatest like every
1: And then everybody kind of just stupid. brushes it off as like you know, Michael has turned us into the monsters yeah, and, and that's it's like you commentary. people all just like, murdered a man. Like you yeah. should all be going to jail.
0: Yeah. And then Tommy just like, and his continuous, uh, kind of trying to bring everyone together to take it down. It's just so awful. And just the way that it's handled in that final sequence when they, they, you know, Karen helps them lure Michael, you know, away from, uh, the, you know, after he kills big John and little John and, um,
1: one of which is played and, and by michael mcdonald yeah of mad tv <laughs> yeah. so yeah. the whole time you're thinking about stewie and then yeah. the other actors what I can do. Uh, uh scott MacArthur. so like yeah you're just the whole time like it, it's a shame because um michael mcdonald's death in you know the austin powers movies are more memorable than his death here. Yeah. and i was thinking oh he's gonna get like myers really- <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly he's gonna get a, a real um, fun death and and like in, in the first Austin power. but movie, he does do this the, as well <laughs> yeah he's the guy that is is like when um when <laughs> Mike Myers is, is, on, the is on the, ste- the steamroller, the stu- Yeah.
0: <laughs> so stupid. I love that. Um, so then you get this mob sequence at the end where you think Michael's just going to fuck everyone up, but then everyone just beats him with baseball bats. Yeah. Like and then the you have Charles Cyphers
1: like, who plays the um, original sheriff, repeat the line that he does in the original that everybody's yeah. entitled to one good scare. And that performance again, like you can, like he, he was a good character actor, but you can kind of tell he hasn't been working for a while, which most of that cast you can tell hasn't been working for a while. Yeah, and um, and I, then I Michael, can't say that about Anthony Michael Hall, who has still been working steadily for yeah his entire career. Um, and then you get Michael, you know, after
0: being shot multiple times beaten with a hockey stick and a baseball bat the guy who brought a hockey stick dude get come on and like uh and then just this is the thing that pisses me off the most karen who in the first movie has a great moment of like tricking michael and helping trap him and be like gotcha with the with the shotgun and stuff like that she hasn't the butcher knife from michael that he used to stab her daughter and her daughter's ankle's broken or uh, her leg is broken and like um she's out there she lured him they beat him down he's on the ground she has the final blow and like stabs him in the shoulder
1: and I'm like what are you doing why like this you need is to decapitate that... that guy yeah. and then you need to burn his body yes. and make sure that the ashes don't rise in the clouds everyone does rain a acid rain and then exactly reanimate zombies. And
0: I get that you're you need to have the third movie. It's already been announced. But I just can't have your characters be this fucking stupid. Like it just takes me right out of it. Like you can have a little bit of people acting dumb because of like what I said, like impulse and uh, like the mob acting stupid with like hockey sticks and baseball bats and shit like that. Like I can almost buy because everyone gets caught up in this moment. Uh, They've been drinking. It's Halloween. They're like, let's fucking get this guy. Everyone comes together. They can make stupid decisions. But Karen making a stupid decision doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like it just – Well, she is a Karen and like yeah but like it it really yeah she deserves what she gets no um uh it just doesn't make any sense like when you have lori and karen like at least in the first movie where you lock them and you set the house on fire with the gas and stuff like that i can see why you think you killed him like you yeah. go okay like we, that is a death trap yeah so I, that I can buy. But with Karen doing this, luring them, they all get him, And everyone in this town who has guns, baseball bats, knives, and then they all just kind of – he gets shot twice or three times in the back. And then he's on the ground. People are beating him, kicking him, shit like that. And then Karen goes in and just stabs him in the shoulder Doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm like, no, you stab that guy in the face. You take every gun you have. You blow his head off. I don't care who you are. And even if they're like, well, we learned from the guy at the institution, so we have to – "Quote unquote, leave him alive or something. I don't know. They don't even get into that. That's bullshit. Um, and then Karen goes into his house and
1: stands in the window, and that is so they, clumsily kind yeah. of constructed. Where like I can see she them, sees the like, kid like, writing Michael. it on. She sees the kid in the window, and yeah, then, like, like I could see like them writing it on paper, being like, oh, you know, this is great symmetry with you know you had the Jim's Jim Cumming character." Um, you know standing there at the beginning and getting killed and then at the end this is like you know them doing their uh kind of empire strikes back moment where it ends on a bleaker note but also it kind of rounds out the the storyline and sort of the beginning and the end and sort of bookending it but it's just like okay why would she after that goes to sit on on the stoop of Michael Myers' house with her daughter, and like it seems like they're gonna go back to the hospital. Then all of a sudden, she's upstairs looking out the, the window, reflection. Cause and cause then, she needs to see why he did it or something, or yeah, why and he then the, to go there. like how quickly. Like I know Michael Myers is a supernatural entity, but like how quickly Michael Myers just. He wrecks everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he just, because he's a street over, right? Like, yeah. It, she lured the him. The geography away. of it doesn't make um, any sense. So he
0: gets up kills everyone from the
1: first movie <laughs> like
0: everyone yeah. he kills the sheriff kills tommy kills everyone yeah and then for, tommy's death
1: death is supposed uh, to be more impactful the way it's shot And it's like oh no like this character that we've come to really like it's like i don't care about i don't, I don't care, care about, about tommy, tommy, tommy
0: no if it was and paul then, rudd
1: playing tommy then yeah because it's yeah. paul rudd but yeah again like i could not see paul rudd playing they'd have to restructure
0: that character and make it more paul ruddy if he was there yeah um but Then he just, yeah, he appears behind Karen and just, uh, you know, much like how he killed his sister, it's shot in a very similar way. Um, where, you know, he just repeatedly stabs her in the exact same place. And and Karen even has the same kind of motions. And then, you know, like you said, comes full circle and, and, and that's how Halloween kills ends. And then, yeah. And I, I don't mind ending it on a, on a, you know, Michael wins. Like Michael is the lead in this one. Lori was in the lead of that, the
1: last one. Like, I I think that's fine, but, um, I think the, I think the lead of the third one should be November 1st. I think there should be like a joke (laughs) or something where like, as soon as the clock strikes strikes 12 on november 1st uh the story like his pa- his supernatural powers yeah. are basically basically you gone can kill like, him
0: after halloween, and then he's like oh, on Hall- fuck yeah on halloween you can't kill michael and that's yeah. another thing the movie doesn't touch on of like you know, in other movies, they've gone into a little bit more of is he, you know, is he evil personified? Is he in, inhuman? Is he, he he like supernatural, or is he just a man? And yeah, I mean, when this he movie... takes off,
1: when the mask is taken off of him, it's it's Nick Castle who was the original shape yeah. and is also uh, a filmmaker as well who directed um, uh, the Last Starfighter. And so when you see you know with him with the mask off he's just a sort of senior citizen with a bald spot and you're just kind of like oh okay that's not really scary at all but the way that they kind of frame him they don't they frame it really interesting and i like that
0: that's the good filmmaking stuff that is in the movie it's just like yeah ending on that note with karen and now you're gonna have a time jump like i'm really curious of like does michael just go away does he get captured again like what Four years later, is it pretty big? Maybe time he disappeared. Jump
1: like, maybe, yeah, or Maybe uh, he's just
0: been chilling in the house. You know. <laughs> yeah, they just let him chill there. They just make a perimeter. Anyway, so like, um, I, I'm I'm curious of how you do Halloween ends now, and I I, I really do hope that you know, this does feel like an epilogue to that 2018 movie. And I think quantum of solace is a really good comparison because, you know, quantum of solace, I think a lot of people felt a similar way of coming off of casino Royale being like a really good reintroduction to James Bond and, and sort of a reboot. And like, I think 2018, your dog's just going nuts. Um, I know. There, there's I, either
1: somebody at the door delivering
0: yeah. something, Michael yeah. Myers, or, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. somebody's coming in. um, and then you get into quantum, which just kind of ties up loose ends and, and feels a bit underwhelming compared to that movie because it's just an epilogue. I feel like that's a pretty apt comparison. So, um, I'm curious, like I, am still excited for Halloween ends. Like I, I think David Gordon Green won enough, you know, of, uh, of my support in that 2018 movie that I still want to see how this completely plays out. Um, I just uh, ultimately was super disappointed with this. Even if it's like I don't know, if all you want to, if you just like slasher movies and you don't care about story or characters or or you know style or 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 anything, the score is great too. But that's a given. But it's not even used in in great ways. But no, I mean the um, score
1: is done by John Carpenter, uh, Cody Carpenter, and Daniel Davies, and yeah. it's just variations on the original theme. But the original theme is so memorable and and iconic that that it's always going to be good (laughs) yeah and and even I, i just like john carpenter as 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 a composer, and Same, and so yeah. just hearing new stuff from him, even if it is just recycled material, is still fun to 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 listen to. But even again, like David Gordon Green, like the recent announcement of him um, taking on a, a new Exorcist trilogy for both Universal and Peacock, with Leslie Odom Jr. and Ellen Burstyn returning, and he's doing in a, a Disneyland movie, <laughs> right? Right. Which again, like he's a guy, he's he's a very versatile filmmaker. He's not too far off from someone like Steven Soderbergh, even where like you can't necessarily pinpoint him down where but I think with unlike Soderbergh Green kind of does one genre for a period of time at least yeah. when it comes and to the studio to stuff yeah it does seem yeah like he
0: was in comedies now he went to horror well and well
1: like... in between the comedies as well he did do movies like mangle Horn, which was kind of like his return yeah. to indie kind of movies with al pacino Dramas, yeah and then he did stronger with jake gyllenhaal and tatiana mislani and so it kind of feels like again like He's doing something similar. I, I think with the Exorcist movies, where maybe like the first one is going to be kind of canon, and then like it's going to ignore uh, the other Exorcist movies that kind of came afterwards. Even though Exorcist Three is is a great movie by William Peter Blatty, who wrote the novel and uh, the original script and won the Oscar. So I'm curious with that as well because it kind of feels like okay, well at least the first movie is going to probably be something really intriguing. But is he going to burn himself out again? Where this like Halloween kills to me feels like he's just kind of burnt out on on this is like a franchise and it does somewhat feel like an obligation and and i'm hoping that halloween ends to your point is you know there there's more to it than just what we got here um but i'm also concerned with that because with both halloween ends and the exorcist movies it's like okay we might get one really good exorcist movie, and that's maybe we all we needed from him. And but like, now you are going to stretch even doing... it out over
0: three movies. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then him also like he was also going to direct uh, a Hellraiser movie, and then it became a, a, a series, and now he's just an executive producer on that with. Um, David Bruckner, who directed The Night House with Rebecca Hall, sort of taking the reins on that. And he was also, I, I mean, I've mentioned this on the uh, on the regular show as well. He was originally going to direct Suspiria, which yeah. then was directed by Luca Guadagnino, which now he's working with Luca Guadagnino, but as an actor. It's so um, interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't know. Like, I, I agree that, you know, I think the double-edged sword is that these movies uh, can be made for very little money uh the blumhouse way and they make a lot of money so you kind of sometimes get something that probably should be one movie or two movies at most which he originally wanted to do stretched out into three which then kind of waters down maybe that middle installment or just the entire trilogy right like i would have been totally fine with 2018 just living on its own with that ending Um, I think it's almost like, you know, a perfect sequel to that original film 40 years later. And then, uh, it's a one and
1: done thing. Almost. It feels like with David Gordon Green at this point, like, you know, our minds might change with Halloween ends, but it's like you bring in a guy like that he does his one movie and adds some indie cred or artistic vision to a franchise. Yeah. Like Again, to your point with the Bond movies where, you know, they started bringing in people like Sam Mendes and Kerry Fukunaga and, you know, the And even are,
0: Spectre, look at that follow-up compared to Skyfall. Feels like it's from a completely different person because it feels like Sam Mendes wasn't as interested in Spectre. Yeah, it, as, it I know you like, like it okay. a little bit more than I yeah, do. Yeah, but but, but yeah.
1: no, I do agree with what you're saying, though, where, like, it's like, oh, I you know, Skyfall was so successful so do I want to do another movie because it was, it, it, you know, it, it, it made a lot of money and it gave me a lot of critical success and acclaim even more so than being a, you know, a known theater director and an Oscar winner and things like that. Um, and he decided, okay, yes. But then I think like, it's almost like you you bite off more than you can chew where you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm just kind of repeating myself and doing the same thing again. And I feel like that's with a lot of filmmakers where, you know, even with people like Sam Raimi doing three Spider-Man movies, you know, like he wasn't necessarily in complete control third of, one, yeah. of those films, especially with the Venom stuff being dictated to him saying like, oh, we have to have that character. Or even when like Batman Returns now is considered a great comic book movie. But at the time when that film was released, a lot of people hated it. And even though Tim Burton got to make more of his movie with Batman Returns than with Batman 89 his pitch for the next because he was going to do a third Batman movie, but executives wanted it to be lighter in tone, and they he was just like, It's not working, so I'll yeah. just stay on as a producer and no, then I, bring in yeah. someone else to reboot it. Basically,
0: so it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll see. We only have to wait one year, which I don't think they've even started shooting. Uh, Halloween ends, which is I know these probably don't take very long and don't cost that much, so um i am sure they'll they'll have no problem but i think it's not shooting until january but comes out uh next october so we shall see it performed very very well even though it was available on peacock for most people um so i mean good on it it was the highest r-rated and uh horror movie opening uh since the pandemic so um you know it's working so let's hope that this third one um works. But uh, that's going to be it for us today. Uh, We appreciate everyone who has stuck around for the whole hour-long spoiler conversation um, and the spoiler-free review at the beginning. Uh, We have a lot of other content we would love for you guys to check out, both on YouTube and podcast services. So on YouTube, you can just search Untitled Movie Podcast. We should pop up there. We'd love for you guys to drop us a subscribe over on there if you even if you don't watch the video versions uh it still really helps out and then we're on podcast services everywhere untitled movie reviews untitled movie podcast and untitled movie conversations we should have some cool stuff coming up i'm still in the process of moving so content will be kind of scatterbrained over the the next couple weeks um you might get some reviews a bit later than we would usually post them uh because i have to miss like halloween kills like that halloween kills but also um the new French West Dispatch. Anderson and, and, and a couple of antlers, a couple other things that I'm going to kind of miss the screenings of, unfortunately. So we'll have those either the day they come out or the week after or something like that, as well as we're going to do a conversation on DC fandom at some point. It's just scheduling. Uh, we're trying to figure all that up out uh, as well as we have reviews up for mass and other things that you guys can check out. So uh, appreciate your patience. I promise I will uh, get my new setup at my new condo. It might take a little bit of time. So you might get janky, Backgrounds and, and setups, but um, I'll make it work. So I really do appreciate it, everyone. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com.
1: And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews at size cinema scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time, evil dies tonight.
0: Evil dies, dies tonight. tonight. <laughs>